everyone, this is episode 460 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Wednesday, April 18th, 2018. I'm your host, Mark Kuznez. Today I'll talk about some video games, uh, some movies, some thoughts I've had today mainly. And yeah, so I finally watched The Room, that movie by Tommy Wiseau, which, you know, is so bad it's good, everyone says. And, you know, what? It it takes place in more than one room, so I, I don't get the title. There's also a scene in the park, which is not any kind of room. There's also a flower shop, which may be the only shop, and is technically a room, but it's not one room and you know i it's like a shop so it should have you know it should have been called the rooms the flower shop and the park that that would make sense there's there's a lady in it and she's not nice and then there's this pretty guy who has a good beard and then he shaves his beard and he's not pretty anymore And they play football, which just is them tossing the ball around a lot. There's also a rooftop. The rooms, the flower shop, the park, and the rooftop. Yeah. There's emotion, but there isn't any emotion. It's, it's, it's a thing. It... And you know Tommy was so, was so, was was so bad, in it. He's, he's real bad. Everyone was bad. He's real bad. Was so bad. Was so bad. Um, there was a kid. I don't remember his name, but he looked like he was thirty. But he was apparently a kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tommy w- was so naked at times. And he was, he was, he was so weird. Uh, I, it, 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 it did entertain me. It was a so bad, it's good movie in that it is so incredibly bad. The fact that I don't know the reasoning behind it, but it. Whatever they had to do with the audio, where they dubbed the audio for a lot of scenes and uh, situations, added to the awfulness of it all. The nonsensical nature, structure, transition between scenes, and just the way characters would be on this level, and then just at a completely different level. Tom Rousseau was like, he goes up to the, the, the roof and is like, what, what's going on? What is this? What is this? Oh, oh hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Um, just weird. He gets... <laughs> there's, like, the one of the fights in the very end at the party. He's getting really angry with his buddy Mark, I think. And they they get into a fight. And then they stop. And he's like, it's okay. It's okay. I forgive you. I forgive you. And then a minute later, they start fighting again. And he's like, get out of here. I kill you. I kill you. Um... 
it's just it's it's such a weird thing it's so weird and i mean one of the weirdest things about it is just that there there are these scenes that are supposed to be so emotional and you you i guess the the actors are all trying to uh portray emotion none of them are doing it i mean of course tommy was was terrible but the other actors aren't any good either they're all bad um he's a special level especially you know he's on a completely different level but it it is just so entertaining to watch because it is so bad and there's something there's there's like some special something in these movies where and i I don't know if it's a thing that uh, despite that whatever six plus million dollars was put in the movie it feels like it was made for five dollars uh it, it reminds me in a way of no retreat no surrender where it just feels like you're watching a bunch of amateur people just people they plucked off the street and threw into these weird situations and just made a weird thing and then of course that movie is heightened by the the wonderful evilness of jean-claude van damme and maybe his first role um but yeah the room is the room is it's just so it's it's something i do think people should watch because it is it's not that long and it is very entertaining in in just the sense of awe it gives you watching it and realizing that so many people spent you know two months of their lives working on this and putting it together and everything and that it did come out in a theater and that all the history behind it and i think if you want to watch the disaster artist it's definitely something you should check out you don't have to but i think it it would help and that transitions to me having just seen the disaster artist right after watching the room which is something i wanted to do and i i wonder if i would really like to know what people who didn't see the room think of the, the disaster artist artist and i kind of wish i didn't watch it just so i could have that perspective because one thing like i feel like i like it more because i i have knowledge of the movie i I, it's fresh in my brain so that all the things that are happening in the disaster artist i'm like oh that that's that person from there and like oh this is why this scene turned out this way etc um but it also took me out of the disaster a bit because dave franco is playing i think the real person's name is greg and the character's name is mark uh tommy Wiseau's best friend in the movie in the room this actor this character he's like six foot two i think and tall and just like you know stereotypically handsome man uh you know white blondish hair i probably blue eyes i don't know uh and a, a good beard Dave Franco is not a tall person. He's as tall as I am. He's five foot seven. That's a little bit below average. So he does not have the presence that this Mark character, Greg guy, I, whatever his name was in real life, he does he does not have the presence of someone of that stature. And also, I think he looks terrible with the fake beard they gave him. I think he looks awful. I would have liked to have seen someone else in the role. I think. I mean, the the fact that he's playing someone who's in their very, very early 20s limits the options, but I feel like in his younger days, 
Sean William Scott could have really done a great job in the role, but he's 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 old now. I mean, I think he's probably like close to forty, and he he looks at like you look at him and goon. He he's he, he can't play a really young person. Um, James Franco was great in it. He got the voice down pretty well. Um, the actress who I've seen in a lot, I, I I've never actually taken the time to learn her name who plays Lisa was really good the only the only problem I have is that she and this is a personal thing and I don't want to I don't want this to be like me being mean or anything I think the actress playing Lisa in the disaster artist is attractive I I don't think in any way shape or form the one from the room is actually attractive there's nothing to like and I don't, I mean, part of it is I don't like blondes, but I think in the disaster artists, like, I just think there's a, 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 a very different look to them. It's weird because you know, I look at Dave Franco, I think like, oh, they got, <laughs> they, they picked him, you know, maybe just because he's his brother. Dave Franco's like, I want my brother. And I think he's more, he's less attractive than the person in the room. And then Lisa, it's the reverse. Um, and then there's just a lot of, People in the movie who I, I don't want to spoil, but there are people who have small roles in the disaster artist. They're like, oh, they like, you know, it's the same kind of crew that you've all seen working together with James Franco and a lot of other things. So it won't be surprise, surprising that they're in it. But it's, it, it was just nice to see, oh, you're in it too in a little part. Oh, and I remember you from the room and whatnot. And after the credits, they show you a little bit of side-by-side uh, side side shots of their recreations of scenes from the room. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting story you know, about a weird, weird movie and the way it's made. And Tommy Wiseau is just a really interesting person. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like, I would love to see... Like, the thing is, I would love to see a documentary about him. Or, the, the like, they were shooting, I think, you know, in the disaster they may not. But I don't know if this footage ever was released anywhere that... He was like shooting or spying on his uh, crew and cast uh, or creating a documentary along with the, the shooting of the movie. But I would love to get some behind, like get more info on him. And the thing is, like I would say, oh, I'd want to read a book by him, but it would just be what he, like there's no way to know if anything he says in it is true and in most, it, it would most likely not be true, I would assume. But um, I, I would definitely recommend checking out both The Room and The Disaster Artist because I enjoy them both very much so. Um, you know, I and of course, The Room is not enjoyable in a traditional way. It's an enjoyable in a, what that, what is this? This is incredibly weird. I don't, this is a, this is, this, this exists. This is, this will always exist this will always be a thing this is forever part of history uh and the disaster artist is just a fun interesting movie with some craziness in it um moving on to some games just one in particular i'm playing some well playing more halo getting more accustomed to the way halo works and everything getting better at it doing better uh enjoying my time playing with my buddy and we we played with uh, a lady for a bit, I can't remember if it was 
peachy creamy or creamy peaches peachy something like that uh that was fun and she she was i it's clear that she's i don't want to say she's old but she's on the older side she you know i'm in my 30s so i'm not i'm no spring chicken anymore uh but uh she was so just willing to play with us it was weird she's like yeah i'll play with you guys and then she played with us and then i sent her i sent her a message just being like oh thank you for you know playing some halo with us and our idiot asses and you know have a great rest of your day blah 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 and she was she sent a very nice sweet little polite message back i was like i am a nice a nice person nice lady that was fun but then i play i've been playing some turmoil on steam which is a game about uh the oil rush and all that and you know you put a oil rigs pick up some oil get some wagons and send them off to make money and whatnot and i'm playing a little bit of it i because i want to get accustomed to the main game and then check out the the dlc the heat is on and i i like it in concept i like it in theory i like the thought of it but in practice i don't think it works that well and maybe it'll change i don't think it will though and i'm curious to see what the the dlc brings to the table uh because the the, the problem with the game is that so you you hire i think a prospector or whatever who goes around blah 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 for however long until he's like here drill here drill here and then you put up the oil rig and you pull the pipes and you just have to kind of guess and hope that you are correct because you get so many pipes before you're out of them and you do that the oil starts coming up you buy a wagon and then the wagon collects oil and you can send that wagon to one of after the first few levels uh two different sides you know competing uh, companies that will be giving you different rates on the oil or you can also build the whatever um, giant canister to hold the oil until the prices are better uh, so that you make the biggest profit and so you have this left and right ink competing with prices and you can store up oil until then uh, and you can hire however many wagons you want you can do multiple oil rigs and all that jazz problem is when I have uh one of the the companies with a good price and i want to sell 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 there and i i send all of my wagons to them the wagons i think the ai is i think it's stupid in how it chooses where to get the oil from and it's incredibly frustrating because there's no way to tell them to stop or tell them to do this specifically. Um, like, I would tell the the wagons to just go to this one because it has a, the greatest thing. And there's like a, a, a giant container thing full of oil that we've been collecting that's right next to it. And I'm telling them, you know, go to this one. And they'll still go all the way to the other side of the map and grab oil from there. 
and then come all the way back and it just it wastes so much time because they don't move that quickly and then they have to fill up and then they have to go back and by the time you know maybe they do one or two trips the price is already dropping and i just feel like oh that was a complete waste and there's no way to stop them to tell them to do it so i just sort of end up saying well forget it just sell to the cheaper one it doesn't matter you're just it, it's really pointless and i understand that with the oil rigs they don't want them to spill over so they're definitely going to go there before they're too high but if that's not a concern they should go to the close like it's just it's incredibly frustrating and it makes the whole experience just a bit of a a, a drag because i'm just sitting there and i'm like oh well um, I, I I just see all the money I'm not getting because they aren't doing the 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 best. They're, they're not going uh, according to the, the best possible outcome. They're not doing what would lead to the best outcome. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's you know I haven't played that much of turmoil. And then the thing I was just thinking about earlier today when I heard the news of a new Castlevania game, mobile only. Japan only as far as I know multiplayer probably going to be some weird free-to-play nonsense who knows I don't know um, but a, a disappointing new game in a franchise that I love and a lot of people love is that and the, the, the problem with this whole theory is that I don't know Konami's situation in general I don't know their financial situation I don't know anything I don't know how well the pachinko machines do all this jazz what they would even want to do if they would be willing to do it blah 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 I was just thinking, like the, the release of God of War. You also have Horizon. You have the Yakuza series. That is exclu- all these great exclusives for PlayStation. What if, in some way, uh, whatever, however they did, like I don't, however much it costs, what if Microsoft bought Konami or bought you know the rights to all their franchises or said you know. We want the rights to the franchise, but you can keep making all the Pachico machines you want. That's fine. But just, you know, we can make games, and if we want to make movies, we can do that too. But I was just thinking that it would be a great way for them to really boost up their exclusive lineup and the franchise there. If they had Contra, Silent Hill, Metal Gear Solid, uh, Castlevania, like that would, that would, those four alone i'm not i'm sure they have some other smaller but those are the four that really stick out to me and the four that i love and the four that i think in this industry all four of those games have significant meaning to a lot of people they they're significant to the industry as a whole they're important and have a lot of you know love for them despite the fact that they've kind of just fallen to the wayside um i think if if microsoft had all those franchises as as exclusives and gave us like an amazing new contra that was you know i don't know partnered with the the team behind cuphead and they just made this incredibly ridiculously uh gorgeous new contra game with crazy amazing art or if they did you know teamed up with someone and did the art for a castlevania game uh, a new side scroll that'd be amazing to get a new metal gear solid metal gear something from whoever you know 
<laughs> Kojima's too damn busy, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> get a get a Peter Molyneux Metal Gear Solid where he promises you so much, like he'll give you. You, you, you won't be worried about getting too many cutscenes in his Metal Gear Solid. You're just going to be worried about getting a lot of promises that never come true. But it'll still be a, a cool, weird game. And, you know, it'll add a lot of farts. I mean, what, in... Was it 4? One of the, the soldiers shit their pants? So you, there's that. I mean, Molyneux would love to do more pants-shitting things. Um, so that'd be crazy. And then, you know, Silent Hill find someone to do that <laughs> i don't know you get you get the team who does gears of war to make a crazy silent hill game i don't know i just i think konami has these amazing franchises that i love and i i know a lot of people love you know whether it's nostalgic love or you know more current love like metal gear solid or silent hill pt and that uh stuff and whatnot i just i don't want to see them just kind of die and the 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 thought that we could potentially never get a new castlevania a new contra you know silent hill silent hill is the one that isn't huge for me because i've never been a survival horror person but another great metal gear game whether it's solid or whatever um that's just like incredibly depressing and i don't want to believe that so i think it's like a you know two birds with one stone Microsoft adds to their lineup significantly and with some really, whatever, prestigious franchises, some really special franchises. And we still get to get hopefully great games in those franchises. I was just something I was thinking about like Microsoft definitely needs more exclusives. And Konami needs to do something. I don't, you know, give away the franchise. Do something. Don't just like make pachinko. It's just, it sucks so much because they got some great stuff there. It's depressing. Oh uh, yeah, I'd love to hear what people think about that idea. I'm sure you know plenty of people will be like, no, Microsoft's just gonna screw it up. Well, you don't know that. I, I, you believe in Harvey Dent. I believe in Phil Spencer. Mm-hmm. They would definitely need to get some studios though. Because they don't have enough studios to do all that. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, that will do it for today's episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, my animalist, Steam, and all the usual places at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, which are also available on all of the kinds of podcast services that you could ever hope for or whatever like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Uh, I think it's Google Play. I keep Every time I say that, I'm like, is it Google Play or is it something else that they call? I don't remember. I have a link to it, but I don't feel like checking that. Um, you can also check the art I do by going over to pxsart.com and checking it out over there. And if you'd like to support the site in general, go over to patreon.com slash pxs and chip in a buck or two that away. And also the YouTube, youtube.com slash sausage. You can watch a video, a version of this podcast, and videos of other jazz, like some anime reviews and some video game playthroughs. Do-do-do. That was an unintentional rhyme that made me really happy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bye.